Hey y'all, Eve's here. We're doubling up today with two events in history. One from me and one from former host Tracy V. Wilson. On with the show. Welcome to this day in history class from HowStuffWorks.com and from the desk of Stuff You Missed in History Class. It's the show where we explore the past one day at a time with a quick look at what happened today in history. Hello and welcome to the podcast. It's October 27th. Missouri Executive Order 44, also known as the Extermination Order, was issued on this day in 1838. This called for the removal or execution of all members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints from the state of Missouri. The church was founded in New York by Joseph Smith in 1830. It was at first just called the Church of Christ and then the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. The nickname Mormons was because of the Book of Mormon, which is a book of scripture that's a companion to the Bible. Missionaries from the church arrived in Missouri in 1831. They were sent there by Joseph Smith with the goal of converting the native population and establishing a settlement there. He had announced that western Missouri was to be the site of Zion, where adherents would await the second coming of Christ. Almost immediately, though, there were huge conflicts between church members and everyone else in Missouri for a lot of reasons. This was the frontier, and a lot of people had moved out there specifically to get away from the conditions elsewhere in the United States that they found repressive. That included trying to get away from religion. There was a lot of lawlessness and rowdiness and alcohol. School and church attendance weren't really priorities for a lot of people out on the frontier. Even those who were followers of other denominations found the Latter-day Saints' doctrine foreign and sometimes fanatical. There were also concerns among the people already living there about both slavery and about the native population. Were these new missionaries going to start some kind of slave uprising? That answer was no. What exactly were these efforts with the indigenous people going to involve? Soon, there were incidents of vandalism and violence and attacks on the congregations. A paramilitary relief organization came to the aid of the Latter-day Saints in Missouri from Ohio, and that just ramped up the tensions even more. Mobs started trying to drive church members out of various places in Missouri. Then in 1836, Missouri established Caldwell County, which was supposed to be designated for church use. It was almost like a reservation. But the population of the church at that point was growing way too quickly to stay in this one county. There were too many people for this designated space. This led to even more riots and attacks. The church went to the governor, Libran Boggs, for help, and he pretty much said that they were on their own. And then he signed this executive order on October 27th. With this order, he wrote to General John B. Clark, quote, The Mormons must be treated as enemies and must be exterminated or driven from the state if necessary for the public peace. Their outrages are beyond description. If you can increase your force, you are authorized to do so to any extent you may consider necessary. The order was, they must leave or they must be killed. The Latter-day Saints tried to have this order rescinded, but to no avail. Then on October 30th of 1838, a mob attacked the community of Hans Mill and murdered 18 people. The Latter-day Saints population left Missouri over the course of about a year, with some of these removals happening under military force. And even for those who were able to leave on their own, often this was extremely difficult and dangerous wintertime travel, and the departing Latter-day Saints were attacked and brutalized on their way. Most of them moved to Illinois, where a very similar cycle played out again. 
ending with Brigham Young and more than 20,000 people being expelled from Illinois in 1844. This order that had been issued in Missouri was formally rescinded by Governor Christopher S. Bond on June 25th of 1976. Thanks to Christopher Hasiotis for his research work on today's podcast and to Tari Harrison for all of her audio work on this podcast. You can subscribe to this day in history class on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and wherever else you get your podcasts. You can tune in tomorrow for the independence of a sovereign nation that actually no longer exists. Hi again, everyone. It's Eves, and welcome to This Day in History class, a show where history waits for no one. The day was October 27, 1858. Theodore Roosevelt was born in New York City. Roosevelt went on to become the 26th president of the United States, one who was known for his conservationism, for expanding the powers of the presidency, and for initiating construction on the Panama Canal, among other acts. Theodore Roosevelt Jr. was born into a wealthy family. His father, Theodore Roosevelt Sr., was a businessman and philanthropist, and his mother, Martha Bullock, was from a slave-owning plantation family. Partly because he had severe asthma, Roosevelt was educated by private tutors as a child. At an early age, he developed an interest in nature and became an avid naturalist. But in his education, he decided to pursue politics and history. He graduated from Harvard College and married his wife, Alice Hathaway Lee, in 1880. After graduating, he began attending Columbia Law School. After a year there, he dropped out and entered politics, as he was elected to the New York State Assembly at age 23. But tragedy struck in 1884, in his last term in the assembly, when his mother and his wife died on the same day. He moved to the Dakota Territory and established a ranch there. He stayed out west for two years, delving into his study of history and acting as a frontier sheriff. In 1886, he went back to New York, where he lost a campaign for New York City mayor. Roosevelt married Edith Carroll that December, and he went on to serve as a civil service commissioner, president of the New York City Police Board, and President William McKinley's assistant secretary of the Navy. As assistant secretary, Roosevelt ardently accepted imperialistic theories. He lobbied for a bigger Navy, and he championed war against Spain. When the Spanish-American War broke out in 1898, he resigned as assistant secretary and organized the first U.S. Volunteer Cavalry Regiment, known as the Rough Riders. Roosevelt commanded the unit in Cuba, where they fought in the war, including the Battle of San Juan Hill, a major U.S. victory. When he returned to New York in 1898, Roosevelt was treated as a war hero. He was elected as governor of New York that year, and he immediately began instituting reforms, removing corrupt officials, enacting legislation to regulate corporations, and displaying his resolve despite the demands of his Republican bosses. The party bosses believed they could put an end to his progressive policies by tapping him for the Republican vice presidential nomination in 1900, and William McKinley and Roosevelt were elected president and vice president. But McKinley was assassinated in September of 1901, and Roosevelt became president at age 42, making him the youngest person ever to become president of the United States. 
As president, Roosevelt acted on his belief that the government should be an arbiter between conflicting forces, like capital and labor, as well as conservation and development. He became known as a trust buster, and he focused on issues regarding the conservation of natural resources. Roosevelt also sought to expand the United States' role as a world power. He won the 1904 U.S. presidential election, advocating for a square deal between capital and labor. He was awarded the Nobel Peace Prize in 1906 for negotiating peace in the Russo-Japanese War. When his presidential term ended in 1909, he went on a year-long safari in East Africa with his son, and he toured Europe. Though he had said he wouldn't run again, he was unhappy with William Taft's presidency, and he campaigned for the Republican nomination in 1912. That effort flopped, so he and his supporters formed the Progressive Party, and he campaigned on a platform of new nationalism. But Democrat Woodrow Wilson won the election, and Roosevelt attacked him throughout his presidency. Roosevelt was favored for the 1920 Republican presidential nomination, but he died in January of 1919. Many historians consider him one of the best presidents in U.S. history. I'm Eve Jeffcoat, and hopefully you know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. We just gave you a slice of Roosevelt's life, but you can learn a lot more about his fascinating story in the new Mental Floss podcast, History Verses. The first season is all about Teddy Roosevelt. It just launched, and you can listen wherever you listen to podcasts. If you have any burning questions or comments, you can leave us a note at TDIHC Podcast on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Or if you want to get a little more fancy, you can send us an email at thisday at iheartmedia.com. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you same place tomorrow. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.